BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio. Your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from guillotineleagues.com, here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian. My co-hosts today are Brian Johnson and Matt Harrison. Guys, hello. Hello, governor. Oh, no, God, it's already started. <laughs> well, that's a preview of what's coming. What? No, tight. nothing's coming. Nothing, okay. No, no, okay. Nothing at all. What is coming later in this show, take a chance on me. Nine players not normally in your starting lineup, many of whom are available on the waiver wire. We'll tell you who they are. You can play along with three tough questions that I'll pepper my co-hosts with and premature speculation where we give you guys to pick up this week that everybody else is going to want to pick up next week, but mm-hmm. they're already on your team. Also, all of the matchups broken down fantasy style, and that's the core of this show. We do it every week. And we begin with Chicago taking on Tennessee. Brian, man, the, the entire Chicago roster is a disaster with injuries, COVID, and I'm I'm very worried about points coming even against a lukewarm Tennessee defense. Yeah, but this Titans team might be the most ragged of them all, but we'll get to Tennessee side in a minute. I, I'm liking a couple bears here, starting with David Montgomery. I'm going full Monty here. Really? Hey, don't do it. Or David not, not in the Montgomery. <laughs> Monty in a tough matchup against the Saints last week ran for 89 
yards. Not super impressive, but 84 of those yards are after contact. That's mm. very impressive. He's working hard. He's going to have to work hard missing two linemen in this game. That's true. But he's Maybe still, three. And, yeah. Yeah, that missing all those linemen for the Bengals really didn't work out for them last week either. Did it? But anyway, Monty handling 80% of the running back touches for Chicago. And unlike last year, the Titans are a, a cake matchup for running backs, allowing 134 combo yards and 1.4 total touchdowns per game to the position. And the Bengals, who just played the Titans, were missing their entire offensive line. Mm-hmm. And three running backs scored a touchdown in that game. Three running back touchdowns. So I'm giving Montgomery an A, uh, as well as Allen Robinson. Might be the best all-around wide receiver in the NFL, but just has never had a quarterback in his entire career. He's on like right. the um, Andre Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald trajectory. Even yeah. like Herman Moore going yeah, way right, back right. <laughs> has not had a quarterback. But who was throwing to Herman Moore back in the old days? That's Scotty Mitchell. Yeah, you're right. I think it was Scotty Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think and probably Charlie Batch, maybe yeah, a little yeah, bit there too. The, I don't. Yeah, Rodney right. Pete was in. Oh, yeah, yeah, Rodney, yeah, Rodney. I don't think Pete's John Kitna yet yeah. made his way to Detroit. But, <laughs> Did Orlovsky throw to him? No way. Nah, that's no? a little too, okay. little, too <laughs> little, little too late. But uh, back to A. Rob, can give him an A. Second in targets among all players. Tennessee allows 200 plus yards per game to wide receivers. That's the third most. And the Titans have also yielded the sixth most red zone targets to wide receivers. So I love A. Rob with an A. And I like Darnell Mooney. Going to give him a C here. Uh, rookie. Uh, Mooney played 65 of 70 offensive snaps against the Saints last Sunday. That's 93% of the snap count. That's a higher percentage than Anthony Miller ever had as a rookie last year. He's mm. definitely usurped Miller on the depth chart. Uh, Mooney has caught two or more passes in each of his first eight games in the NFL. The only Bears rookie wide receiver to ever accomplish that since the merger. And his usage has been ramping up big time. And this yeah. is a great matchup. So I, I like Darnell Mooney. And uh, we might talk about him a little later in the show a little more as well. Uh, lastly, for the Bears... Jimmy Graham gets a C, incredibly touchdown dependent, only has four red zone targets over his last five games, so that doesn't work for a touchdown dependent player. And may not even play in this game. Might not play, but I think he will suit up. The Titans have yielded the second most red zone targets to tight ends and have faced, and basically have faced no one good at the position. The two guys you've heard of, Noah Fant and Darren Fells, both topped 80 yards and scored a touchdown. Against Tennessee, so I'm going to give Graham a C if he suits up. If he's out, of course you're going to bench him. And Nick Foles uh, almost gave him a C. Am I allowed to give him a D? Are we doing that? No, no, no D's. <laughs> no, 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 never came together. Sorry, uh, I might have a couple D's to throw. How, how did it not come together? Nobody you, on Twitter. You, you, you just Twitter decided said, it didn't no. come together. I, I said, I said to our listeners, listen, if you really, really want D's in the show, <laughs> tell me on Twitter at Paul Churchian. I got like. Three people that said yes and like 20 that said no, and nobody else even bothered to answer. So that's it, Rob. Are you sure you weren't using your your burner account? Nothing. No response to the Ds. Okay. (laughs) All right, let's talk about the, the Tennessee's players. The Tennessee players. That didn't work. Derrick Henry, start with the King. He gets an A. Has scored in five straight games. Uh, the Bears have given up 4.7 yards per carry to, oppo- to opposing lead backs in their four road games this year. Even worse, they've allowed 14 touchdowns to running backs in their last 10 games on the road going back to, back to last year. Of course, you're going to start Derrick Henry, but I'm going to slap an A on him. A.J. Brown. This is a bad matchup for A.J. Brown and company, but I'm still giving him a B because he's such a beast. The Bears only allowing 11.5 catches and 148 yards per game to wide receivers and just two total touchdowns on the season to the position. But Brown, a tough guy to bench. Corey Davis, also a tough guy to bench. One of my sleepers from the preseason, I believe, uh, of the last preseason show. Warm up that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Everybody's on the bench this week. C. Davis, a bad matchup. I just can't go there, uh, but, but hold on to him. He, he's healthy and he's looking good. Blue chip prospect coming to fruition. Johnu Smith, yeah. lastly, nah, nah. That blue chip's a little strong. He was the first wide receiver taken in the draft like three years ago. It's like a turquoise chip. You don't get yeah, much maybe. bluer than that. He has he has been. You know who's been blue? Who? Anybody who's drafted Corey Davis before this year. True, but let's not worry about the past. Dabu D, Dabu die. Let's, what if, wor- let's what about, worry about your guy, Johnny John, Smith. Yeah, Johnu Johnu. What's up with Johnu Johnu? Just to see this week, Charge. He's been blocking more than route running as of I late, uh, but is a good spot in a good spot to bounce back. Opposing tight ends are averaging more than five catches and fifty yards per game against the Bears. But really, when all the pass catchers have been healthy, he's just kind of reverted back to this blocking role because he's so good at it. He's a great football player. All around, but I know, but he's such a good athlete. He is, but uh, it's it's a good match. Let the guy go free, please. In the tight end wasteland, he's more of a high C. You can call him Ecto Cooler this week. And then Ryan Tannehill got him on the bench. Chicago allows just 240 passing yards per game and the fewest passing touchdowns all around. So I'm benching Tannehill. Wow, that's strong. As good as Tannehill has been. I mean, he's like fringe 14, 15 quarterback, top quarterback this week. It's it's that Tennessee, sorry, the, the Chicago defense is. They're, they're it really it's yeah. at Super Bowl level. They could win a Super Bowl with the defense they've got. They can't with the offense they've no. got. Pittsburgh takes on Dallas, Matt, and mm-hmm. for Pittsburgh they just they they just had a a successful fantasy game overall against Baltimore. Sure, here comes Dallas. Yeah, it's a start everyone scenario for Pittsburgh because yep. Dallas has allowed thirty four or more points to five of their last seven teams they faced. Ben Roethlisberger's getting a B grade Mm -hmm. um, in their last seven games. The only quarterback not to throw for multiple scores against the Cowboys was Daniel Jones. The issue is only one quarterback has topped 200 yards in the last five games, and that kind of matches up with what Ben Roethlisberger's doing. He's not throwing for high yardage totals, but he's Mm -hmm. throwing for a few scores a game. And it's pretty easy to run on the Cowboys, too, which is why I like James Conner with an A grade. The Cowboys are allowing 139 yards per game, mm-hmm. 5.0 yards per carry, and a rushing score per game. And Conner is one of six backs in the league with 13 or more carries from inside the 10-yard line, which is why he's averaging nearly a rushing score per game. Now, the wide receivers... Deontay Johnson. Yeah, man. And I've got Deontay Johnson in so many leagues, and it just the highs and lows of Deontay Johnson is going to give me a coronary. You know, we got we got Johnson, we got Chase Claypool, we got Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm giving them all a B grade this week. Cop out. Yeah, I'm. I'm just kind of playing the odds here. <laughs> I'm probably going to get right, get it right on two of the three, yeah, and, and one of them's going to stink. Like. Um, outside of the slot, just about any wide receiver has beaten the Cowboys this year. They have allowed 14 touchdowns to the position in eight games, but weirdly. They're only allowing 12 receptions to the position well, per game. Yeah, it's because nobody has to pass you to You don't Dallas. have to pass on them, yeah. That's the problem. Um, so Deontay played 77% of the snaps last week, and he didn't do well. But according to Establish the Run, mm-hmm. he's averaging over 10 targets per game in the games where he crosses the 70% snap count threshold. Yeah, which he might not have last week because he, he left last well, week's well, I just game said for a while. 77% last yeah, week. There you go. So he... he Absolutely has a good shot of doing that again this week, and 10 targets for Deontay means he's an easy B. Claypool leads the team in yards per reception, air yards, and scores, and he's he's the high-volatile guy, mm-hmm. high-risk, high-reward, so he gets the B. And Juju leads the team in targets and receptions per game. Earlier this year, Tyler Lockett beat the Cowboys for three scores from the slot, so I can't count Juju out either. 
Uh, Eric Ebron's the last guy I want to mention. He gets a C grade. Scored last week. But I was surprised to learn that Ebron, that big red zone threat. Remember he scored all those red zone touchdowns for the uh, Colts Colts, last year or the year before? He has one catch or one target. I'm sorry. From inside the 10-yard line this year. That's it? One target. Wow. He did score on it. And Dallas is only allowing four catches and half a touchdown per game to the tight end, so Ebron's only a C. Let's go to the Cowboys side, where this is pretty easy. Ben DiNucci is more like Bench DiNucci. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's right. Gilbert Grape might be your starter. (laughs) Well, his name's Garrett Gilbert. Same thing. Or Cooper Rush. They're still battling in practice for the starting (laughs) nod. Into the weekend. Um Whatever quarterback starts is on the bench. Uh, While Garrett Gilbert did throw for 310 yards and two scores in his last game for the Orlando Apollos, (laughs) and that was against the Memphis Express Mm. in the AAF, the Steelers are a little bit tougher test than the Memphis Express. Somewhat, yes. Uh, They have not allowed a quarterback to hit the 300-yard mark or three-touchdown mark in a game yet this year. And with Garrett Gilbert probably leaning like he's the starter, it, all the pass catchers are on the bench, Cooper Gallup and uh, C.D. Lamb. It's come to this. We don't know who his favorite target's going to be. They're oh, on their um, fourth quarterback you in don't, you five don't have weeks. To, you don't have to explain to anybody who's seen a minute of Cowboys football at, since Dak went down why you can't start any of the receivers. The Steelers are only giving up 12 receptions per game to the wide receiver position. Divide that by three, maybe four catches per game. Ezekiel Elliott, it looks like, is coming down to a game-time decision. Jerry Jones says he's optimistic he'll play. He's optimistic. I have him as just a C grade Mm -hmm. with that hamstring injury. It's a terrible matchup. The Steelers are only allowing 79 yards per carry. And there's another running back that I might talk about in the next segment who's starting to steal touches from Ezekiel Elliott. Mm, I don't know who that could be. I don't know either. Detroit takes well, on. I do know. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so do our listeners. They know too. Detroit takes on Minnesota in a game in which uh, the Vikings will be missing their number one, number three, number four, and number five cornerbacks. So Matthew Stafford, who we believe is going to be able to play in this game once he clears the COVID protocol, is sitting on an A grade here. Mike Zimmer can only scotch tape this secondary together for so long. They were aided last week by 30, 40 mile an hour winds in Green Bay. They will have no such uh, no such uh, help this week inside U.S. Bank Stadium. Over the past month of games, Minnesota secondary is giving up almost 300 yards and three touchdowns per game. Mm-hmm. And even without Kenny Galladay, Stafford is sitting on a, a probably a strong game here. In fact, he was good last week. Although, in fairness, I should mention, Stafford struggled against similarly bad secondaries, Jacksonville and Atlanta, where we teed him up and thought he was going to have a really good game. So it's not a sure thing, but I'm still giving Stafford the A grade here. And an A grade to the guy I think could be his primary receiver, TJ Hawkinson. Mm. He'll see more balls with Kenny Galladay out. The Vikings allow the fourth most catches per game to opposing tight ends, although the yards are just sort of in the middle and they've only given up two scores to the position. That said, every competent tight end they faced has put up decent numbers against the Vikings. John Smith, Hayden Hurst, Robert Tunyon have all put up good numbers against Minnesota. So TJ Hawkinson, A grade. Marvin Jones is a B grade. Without Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones becomes a focal point of the passing game, a spot in which he's generally not done very well in, including the first couple of weeks of this year. Minnesota has allowed 193 yards per game to opposing receivers, which is a lot. Fourth most, and they've allowed multiple touchdowns to receivers in four straight games. Two receivers are going to score here. Marvin Jones probably gets one of them. Could 
another Marvin get the other one? And what are the odds that two guys named Marvin would be the starting receivers for a team and it's not 1954? (laughs) Marvin Hall will be the other starting receiver in place of Kenny Galladay. The Vikings, as I mentioned, secondaries in tatters. Hall could be a dart throw here. I've got a C grade on him. The only Viking starting cornerback, Jeff Gladney, will be manning the slot. And we'll talk about Danny Amendola in, in a uh, future segment here in just a few minutes. Uh, let's go to the running game. DeAndre Swift gets a C grade. A really disheartening box score last week. Remember, he had the big game two weeks ago. We're like, DeAndre Swift, he's finally here. It's all coming together. And then last week, he barely touched the ball. This week, he gets a Vikings defense that really has been quite good. Uh, He's since being obliterated by Derrick Henry in week three. The Vikings have allowed only 83 rushing yards per game and a single touchdown since week three. Swift's a good receiver, and I would like to say he's going to catch a lot of passes, but Vikings are pretty good there, too. Novak has managed even 30 receiving yards against Minnesota. So just the C grade on DeAndre Swift and a bench grade on Adrian Peterson. Only startable if you are Brian Johnson and you believe the Lions will fulfill a revenge narrative Mm. for Adrian Peterson. Hey, I'm the one who said play DeAndre Swift in that blow-up game, and now you're giving me... Yeah, you were taking a chance on being Adrian Peterson in that game. And he scored. This okay, I'm, but who once? <laughs> who among us? Oh, once. Who among us? Twice. Thrives on the revenge narrative. I know. I do. I appreciate yeah. this. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. I gave you a little shout out. No, you did a throw up back sorry. in my face. <laughs> All right, let's go to the Viking side. Dalvin Cook's an obvious A, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, except to say he's coming off a 30-carry game. I think he's going to get rested more in this game. Wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot more Alexander Madison in this one and a lot more passing, Uh, but I can't put a starting grade on Madison in this one. A grade for Dalvin Cook. Let's go to the passing game. We'll start with Kirk Cousins, who gets a C. It's almost always about volume for Kirk with requisite passes. Kirk Cousins is a viable starter. If the team does, in fact, rest Cook some more, I I think he will probably get there. But the Lions are bad run defense. They're seeing the fourth most rushes. So I can't guarantee that Cousins gets to an adequate level of volume. When he doesn't reach 26 passes, Cousins' average game, 190 yards and one touchdown. Um, Every quarterback other than Gardner Minshew has thrown multiple touchdowns or top 300 yards against Detroit. So... You know, there is some upside for Kirk this week, but I'm only going with the C grade. Adam Thielen gets a B grade. His light usage is a concern, but he's got a very positive matchup that will most often be against rookie Jeff Okuda, who Pro Football Focus ranks as their 105th rated cornerback. Yikes. He's uh, He does have history on his side, Thielen does, having posted at least 80 yards or a touchdown in his last five straight meetings with the Lions, and Detroit's giving up the ninth most yards to receivers. Then there's Justin Jefferson, the last guy I'll mention in this matchup. Last week, Jefferson drew shadow coverage from Green Bay's best corner. That says a lot about Jefferson, right? That he's drawing best coverage. This week, if that were to happen here, he will get Amani Horatio Amani Ruaria. You totally made that name up. There's no chance that's a real person. He is their best cornerback, and he's averaging 35 yards per game outside of Amani Ruaria. The Lions secondary has been brutal. And so if that guy is on Thielen, that would open up Jefferson. 
So I, that's I'm kind of missing the, the Horatio middle name there. <laughs> that was too many, too many Amanis in that name. No, no, no doubt about that. Uh, we'll be back. More Fantasy Football Weekly coming up in moments. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly, a royalty-free version of Take a Chance on Me. This is where we give you nine players you would not normally start, many of whom available off the waiver wire. Every time we do this show, I forget that this song is going to come on, and I cringe a little bit every time I hear it. You die a little bit inside every single time. We begin at the quarterback position. Brian, your Take a Chance on Me quarterback is... Denver's Drew Locke at Atlanta. Uh, Now, the Falcons have only surrendered one passing touchdown across uh, the last two games to Teddy Bridgewater and Matt Stafford combined, but that was on also a combined 40 pass attempts. That's Mm. a bit of an aberration. Before that, they were consistently getting carved up through the air. And now, this is the analysis you're not going to get anywhere else on Drew Locke this week. Oh, guys. Wow. He's most famous for... Just nailing young Jeezy's put on on the sideline. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Do you know what city young Jeezy was rapping about? Atlanta. Yep. And he's going to put it on him. <laughs> Drew Locke at the Falcons in a point orgy. We'll talk about this game more. All right. Uh, mine doesn't have anything to do with rap. But uh, Kyle Allen, (laughs) in the last two games that he started and finished, he's thrown exactly two touchdown passes in each of those games. One of those games was against these same New York Giants just three weeks ago, Mm. where football team trusted him enough to have him throw the ball 42 times, and he racked up 280 yards. And the Giants... 
they're bad. They're allowing 270 <laughs> yards and almost two scores per game to the position. So Kyle Allen, fire him up. I've got – this pains me. You know it does. Cam Newton. <laughs> you guys know how I feel about Cam. Since his hot start in the season's first two games, he has been straight-up garbage, mm-hmm. averaging 147 passing yards per game and a quarter of a passing touchdown. Do you know how hard it is to do that in today's NFL? All but impossible. And then, of course, he had the game-losing fumble last week. Uh, now, not, I'll mention, Newton's legs have helped, except when they don't, and then you die. <laughs> Anyway, if you're never going to get a better opportunity than this week against the Jets, you have to be playing him as a running back, really. You really are. You really. You're, that's, that's all you're doing all you're here. Doing. Although the Jets have allowed 300 passing yards and or multiple touchdowns to seven of eight opposing quarterbacks, mm. that could mean upwards of like 200 passing yards to. Wow, <laughs> that's right. And similarly mobile quarterbacks, Kyler Murray and Josh Allen, twice. Both topped 60 rushing yards and or a rushing touchdown. There we go. Cam it's like Newton. a running if back not, getting 200 passing yards. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if not now, when for Cam Newton and then drop him. Brian, let's go to the running back position. Who is your take a chance on me? Runner. Per usual, Christmas season has come way too early, but Patrick Laird's season has come <laughs> even earlier. <laughs> what? That's just, I'd rather hear... Nails on a chalkboard. Then sleigh bells? Yes. Who brought sleigh bells? Because yeah. it's not Christmas time. Wow. It's not even close. Chuck, you're the one who brought it up. I know. Well, I was trying to make a joke, and now it's failed. But anyway, let's get back to Patrick Laird. It failed because it failed. of bells? Oh, yeah, right. It's, uh, <laughs> That's why it failed? Oh, we threw off your comedic timings. I'm so sorry. I just hate, I hate sleigh bells in November, man. What can I say? Anyway, back to the aforementioned Patrick Laird. One of two healthy running backs or available running backs for the Dolphins in this game. The only other one is Jordan Howard. We'll talk about this matchup more later. But Arizona, very tough against the run. They've only allowed three rushing touchdowns to running backs and no lone back has top 75 yards. So I'm out on Howard entirely. I like that. But there's a receiving angle here for sure, especially with a rookie quarterback in 2 o'clock. So outside of the Jets game... And we just don't count the Jets when it comes to opposing stats, right? Yes. The Cardinals have surrendered running back catch totals of 6, 10, and 7 in recent weeks. And again, with a rookie quarterback in his first road game, check downs to the running back seem in order and bare minimum for running backs on yeah, DK. I, I was Patrick say, Laird, baby. D- your DFS angle, I like it you for can Patrick thank Laird. me later on Sunday. With, is that a tipping situation? Yes. Okay. I do need to set up a tip jar. We do need to bring that back, right, Matt? Oh, yeah. yeah probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of hey, tipping, I would yeah, be you loaded. Take, you take a chance of me uh, running back. I, I tipped off a little bit who that was. It's Tony Pollard. Zeke's dealing with a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cowboys are absolutely brutal on the offensive side, especially in the passing game right now. With their fourth quarterback starting in six weeks, Pollard is quietly touching the ball more and more. Last week, he got the rock nine times. Nine times. Nine times. The week before, he touched the ball nine times. Nine times. Nine times. And the week before, 12 times. Uh, Pollard is especially good at catching balls out of the backfield with an injured left tackle, right tackle, center, a hampered starting running back, and a fourth-string quarterback. You'd imagine there'd be a few dump-offs in this game. Mm -hmm. And are the Steelers a good matchup? No, absolutely not. <laughs> this may be one of the worst calls in Take a Chance on Me history, but pick him up and throw him on the bench because he's going to see an increase in touches throughout the rest of the year, especially if the Cowboys go, we're out, we're going to rest our 
bazillion dollar running back and start giving Tony Pollard some more touches. Feel free to just you know, hold that thought until later in this show. Mm-hmm. My take a chance to be running back is Le'Veon Bell, who has done nothing since joining the Chiefs. But this game could, should be the one in which he makes an impact in the box score finally. The, the, the way that Bell is going to help fantasy owners is receiving and goal line use. Which team has allowed the most receptions to running backs? Panthers. Which team's allowed the most rushing touchdowns? Panthers. This is set up perfectly for Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> for to, Clyde Edwards-Solaire yeah, to finally have his good yeah, game. Well, and you know what? He's not a half-bad start either. Yeah. Uh, but Bell, who has done nothing since joining the Chiefs, I think comes around in this game. All right, you're taking a chance on me, receiver. Brian. Nelson Aguilar at Lack. That's the Los Angeles Chargers, of course. Over the last four games, the Chargers have surrendered 14 catches, 178 yards, and more than a touchdown per game to opposing wide receivers. Four of the five wide receiver touchdowns surrendered during that span went to boundary receivers. Someone from the Raiders who plays wide receivers going to have a good game, and I'm going with Aguilar. Yes, he had zero catches on two targets last week, but that was in the monsoon in Cleveland. I'm not reading too much into that. Prior to that game, he was the only wide receiver getting consistent targets, the only wide receiver getting targeted in the red zone for the Raiders. So I'm going Nelson Aguilar, and I hate it, but I'm going there. Okay. <laughs> All these regretful, rueful recommendations. Oh, the the regretful ones are the ones that pay off the most. Uh, I'm, telling okay. you, I'm telling you. I, <laughs> sounds like your dating history. To me. <laughs> this one I don't think is very regretful for me. That's Cole Beasley. Uh, topped 100 yards or score in three of his last five. Yeah, yeah I right. use him as a take on every one of those weeks. Yeah, too. I think you have. Uh, <laughs> that includes 11 catches just two weeks ago. He's only 55% owned in ESPN leagues, and you can fire him up against Seattle, who's giving up 22 catches and 270 yards per game to the wide receivers. And slot guys have had eight receptions or more against Seattle in three straight games. Hasn't every wide receiver had that many catches? Pretty much. It's unbelievable. (laughs) The kinds of numbers Seattle's allowing through the air are the kinds of numbers you hear like in week three. And then they sort of settle down and, you know, they they come back to sort of some kind of normalcy. It's nuts that we're still talking about it at the midway point. I should note, they get Jamal Adams back this week. And they do have Carlos Dunlap coming into the fold as a defensive end. So that might help their pass rush a little bit. So Mm -hmm. The pass rush has been awful. Yeah, pretty bad. All right, our final take a chance on me player. Danny Amendola of the Lions up against the Vikings. Vikings are going to be missing four of their top five cornerbacks. The one starter who's left standing is Jeff Gladney. Now, Jeff Gladney has played both outside and he's played the slot, but it doesn't even matter if he plays the slot because he's played the slot the last two weeks and he's given up four touchdowns in his coverage in two games. He's giving up a almost perfect passer rating of 146 in his coverage. So Danny Amendola, a take a chance on me option for those interested in finding one. Let's work in one more matchup into this segment, and that is Denver taking on Atlanta. Uh, Brian, you already mentioned Drew Locke. You want to reinforce that with some of uh, some of the receiving targets you like? Sure. Uh, I'm going to start with Noah Fant, though. Not a, I'm not going to start with a wide receiver. I'm starting uh, with the tight That's his end. best playmaker. Yeah, uh, given Fant an A, the Falcons have allowed the most touchdowns to opposing tight ends, and they've given up the most catches to tight ends. So this that's is pretty simple. a sign, simple. as we call that. But yes, Albert, I'm going to butcher this, Akwegbunam. You know, Boonam. Scotty Fish was really good at pronouncing that one. Yeah. I just call him Albert O. Al, that's what I was going to go with. Yep. Or, or Al-Ock. 
<laughs> is a threat in the red zone, but I'm still giving fans an A. Uh, Jerry Judy, going to give him a B. Atlanta allows the fourth most PPR points per game to wide receivers, and Judy will draw a slot corner, Isaiah Oliver, who usually finds himself in a twist. <laughs> I can't even say that loud. Finds himself in a twist. <laughs> he owns 136 passer rating in his coverage. That is so it's bad. A deep Oliver twist joke right there. Oh, that's what that was. Oh. I thought I was going to make it through that, but I, I failed. I don't understand why you couldn't make no, it through that. Because it's so awful, but it's so awfully good. So bad. My, uh, Tim Patrick, his hamstring has felt pretty awful, but it appears it'll feel good enough to play on Sunday. I will give him a C if he suits up. If he doesn't, Deshaun Hamilton and KJ Hamler are D's. Sorry, they are. Start throws. Uh, as you said, Stop Charles it. Drulock might take a chance on me. Quarterback, quickly to the running backs for the Broncos. Melvin Gordon going to give him the B, despite Philip Lindsay being the better football player. And it's not close. Lindsay looks awesome. He does. Uh, but Gordon continues to out-snap and out-touch Lindsay. Uh, and he saw twice as many targets as Lindsay last week, yeah, which will Lindsay. play nicely yeah. against the Falcons, who have given up the second-most catches to running backs. A tough matchup on the ground, though. The Falcons have... Uh, only allowed three rushing touchdowns, two running backs, and no lone runner has hit the 90-yard mark rushing. So I will give Gordon a B and just a C for Lindsey, despite you were going to say so he is a better running back, but he's not involved in the passing game. No, he do, he, that's, he's not great for PPR usage, but the, his running is so good. And uh, keep an eye on him. I heard he had like some jammed toes that he suffered last week, and he what? might not play. He, like, kick a wall is, that like, is it like toe jam? <laughs> Fan toe, toe jam. jam I don't think that's going to hold him out. Remember toe jam and Earl? Oh, yeah. yeah. Are you bum, kidding me? Bum, bum, yeah, that bum, was bum, a classic bum, early co-op bum, on bum. Sega Genesis. Well, let's talk about Todd Jam. Todd Gurley. It can give him a B uh, over to the Atlanta side. His usage was a little alarming last Thursday, uh, but Todd he'll be jam. very fresh for this matchup on 10 days rest. And over the last two weeks, Denver has allowed 5.5 yards per carry. They are really missing uh, nose tackle Mike Purcell, who they lost two weeks ago and his loss for the season. So that run defense, not as good as it was to start the year. Julio Jones gets an A. In three games without Calvin Ridley last year, Julio totaled 48 targets. And in two of those three games, he had double-digit catches and cleared 130 yards. A.J. Bouye will probably remain out for Denver. Yeah, Bryce Callahan yeah, has fact, been nice. They have, in fact, ruled him out. Has he been ruled out? Thank yes, you, Charge. Uh, Bryce Callahan has been pretty good, but He's an unlikely shadow candidate. Even if he did shadow Julio, Julio has six inches and 30 pounds on Bryce Callahan. So Might I like as well be Tommy Callahan yeah. covering him. There you go. I like that. Hey, uh, Russell Gage uh, with Calvin, Calvin Ridley out. I'm going to give him a C. Jamison Crowder, Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin, Tyreek Hill, Juju Smith-Schuster, Adam Humphreys, all primarily run from the slot like Gage. All had good, uh, good to great games against Denver, so a C for Gage. Hayden Hurst, going to give him a C, not a great matchup. Safety Justin Simmons is pro football focuses highest graded tight end defender, but Hurst has a safe floor with 50 plus yards and or a touchdown in six of his last seven games. And Matt Ryan lastly gets a C between Julio, Gage, and Hurst. He's got a pretty safe floor in a plus matchup receiving wise for the running back. So a safe C for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, zero or one touchdown pass in five of his last six games. I know it's been bad, no, but I'm not trying to look that's back shocking. too much. I know. Shocking. By the way, it is Albert Okuwebunam. I Albert Okuwebunam. Was not close. If you want to check out the freshest new way to play fantasy football, guillotineleagues.com. Every week, the low-scoring team gets cut. Their players go to the waiver wire, where you and all the remaining teams get to feast on those players. The last team standing wins it all. Guillotineleagues.com. More Fantasy Football Weekly coming up in moments.
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchian, Brian Johnson, and Matt Harrison with you. Follow us on Twitter. I am at Paul Charchian. You'll have to figure out how to Very spell good. It. Very you. good. Uh, at B-T-X-J. And your middle name must start with a T or an X. Or maybe it's both. Maybe it's like Texas. It's Tex. Tex, yeah. yeah. Brian Tex Johnson. I used to I like that. I used to tell uh, girls back in college it stood for totally extreme. <laughs> totally extreme. Yeah, that's, that, actually, that, prob- that line might have worked back then. Yeah. And Those were the days. And yeah, Matt, Triple X was out. X's were yeah, big. The Xbox. <laughs> yeah. Remember that? The X Games. Oh, you were a bad boy. What a time yeah. to be alive. Uh-huh. You know, there's an X in explosive output, too. Yes, there is. Yeah. Add explosive output for Matt Harrison. Speaking of Matt Harrison, you've That's got me. Seattle taking on Buffalo. This has got sort of matchup of the week written on it. DK Metcalf enters as fantasy football's probably second hottest wide receiver, mm-hmm. but he draws Tredavious White. He does. I'm still going to give Metcalf the A, despite that uh, that matchup there. Hard to bench a guy who's just physically dominating any corner he faces. Plus, Metcalf has five inches and 30 pounds on White. Mm-hmm. So he gets the A. And I'm giving Tyler Lockett something better than an A. He's getting the, the fantasy, fantasy aardvark this There's, week. That's the fantasy oh, aardvark. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Bills have only allowed six touchdowns on the season to wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Four of them have gone to the slot, plus they've allowed two 100-yard games, you guessed it, both to slot receivers on the year. So, plus we usually see a Lockett week, then a Metcalf week. Right, we're due. We're due for the Lockett week now, so he's back, he gets an A, 
a aardvark. Uh, Russell you know Wilson. The fantasy Fonzie eats fantasy aardvarks for breakfast, though, right? I think we should no. have them fight. They, yeah, they need to duke it out. Yep. I'm afraid. The Fonzie's so. been here for years, and this aardvark is now. If it kinda was starting so, to fantasy Fonzie versus shark, we already know who'd win yeah, that. I like that because he jumped the shark literally. If Fantasy Fonzie can't jump the aardvark, though. No. No. We've never seen him do Brian that. Brian got mad when I gave a Fantasy Fonzie out one time, and that's why the Fantasy Aardvark existed. So you created this. All right. This is your doing. Fair enough. They'll, they'll duel it out one of these. Can days. we find a Fantasy? Can we get Fonzie on our button bar? Winkler. A. Yeah. yeah. Um, Russell Wilson, he gets an A grade, too. You don't bench a guy who's averaging 3.7 touchdown passes per game. DJ Dallas looks like he's going to get another uh, almost full bell cow roll this week with Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson now ruled out. So DJ Dallas, he spun his way. Mm. Yeah, see what I did there, Brian? I'd love yeah, it. to uh, 18 carries and 41 yards that's last week. That's not good. He did add five catches, and he did score once on the ground and once through the air, which saved his day. Yeah, he now, did the, not look good otherwise. The lead running back to face the Bills has topped 100 yards, scored, or both in each of the last four games. Mm. So he's got a chance there. Um, And that's it for the Seattle side. Let's go over to the Buffalo side, where I'll stay at the running back position. Let's talk about Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Let's start with the matchup, because Seattle doesn't get run on all that much. Mm -hmm. Only 20 attempts per game for 74 yards. Both are amongst the league's lowest totals. They are susceptible to being beaten by pass-catching backs, though, so who wins that battle between these two? That's kind of incomplete because Singletary averages more targets per game than Moss, but it's four versus two, and that's not significant enough for me to go, oh, Singletary's the pass-catching back here. So let's go inside the 10. Singletary has seen 21% of the team's rushing attempts inside the 10. I bet most of those were when, when Zach Moss was out. Well, Zach Moss... In half as many games as Singletary, mm. has 33% of the team's rushing attempts. Yeah. Now, Josh Allen's got all the rest of them, by the way. Yes. Uh, so the nod goes to Moss. I'm only going to give him a C this week, though, while Singletary is on the bench. Josh Allen gets an A grade. He's playing Seattle. Stefan Diggs gets an A grade. Uh, he's playing Seattle, too, I have reason to believe. Seattle plays zone at the second highest clip amongst uh, defenses, and Diggs absolutely torches the zone, so he's going to have a great day. Cole Beasley was my take-a-chance-on-me wide receiver, and I think John Brown is kind of a desperation oh, play, too. Oh, no, I like... He was almost my take-a-chance-on-me receiver. He played, I like John Brown a lot. He played 81% of the Bills' snaps last mm-hmm. week, and this is this is where he kind of comes back in this yes. one, so I think John Brown is definitely playable, a- too. I'll avail- give him a C-grade. Available on waiver wires oh. in most leagues. Got dropped, and then, uh, yeah, I and remember how good he was at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. I think John Brown goes back to being fantasy viable in many weeks the rest of the way. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. Then that means it's time for me to talk about the Giants taking on Washington. We'll start on the Giants side where I don't have a lot of good things to say. What? Devonta Freeman's going to miss another game with an ankle injury. Devonta who? Freeman? Oh, free. Sorry. <laughs> Devonta Seaman is not getting a C grade. He's getting a an out grade because uh, he's got an ankle injury. That means it's Wayne Gallman 
and Alfred Morris and Deion Lewis, the same rotation of crappy runners we saw on Monday night, they're back, and it's a bad matchup against a team that's giving up just 3.8 yards per carry on the season. No back has topped 61 yards against Washington since week three. They're all dead to us. Let's go to the passing game. A couple of lukewarm starts. Sterling Shepard, in the past two games since returning from injury, he's seen 18 targets. He's turned them into two solid box scores. But it's a tough matchup. Washington's secondary has allowed the third fewest yards and just three touchdowns to opposing receivers. He'll most often face Ronald Darby, who brings little to the table other than speed. So a C grade for Sterling Shepard. A C grade for Evan Ingram, who has yet to score and now faces a Washington team that hasn't allowed a tight end touchdown in three straight games, um, including, by the way, to Evan Ingram three games ago. However... Washington is still a bottom 10 defense against tight ends, allowing five catches and 60 yards to the position. So you can start Ingram in a pinch and a tight end who's not in a pinch. Golden Tate has possible disciplinary actions because of him and his wife complaining about his usage in the offense. You don't get that a lot. But I, I like the wife sticking up for him. That's very nice. There's one it, other what. Oh, it was the who's the cornerback for the it's Dolphins? The, it's yeah, the cake wife. Why can't we, he was a great corner too? Why can't I think of his? He name? is a good corner, uh, and the wife it'll was come to bananas, me. <laughs> and she made Google-worthy cakes. Let's put it that way. What is that guy's name? <laughs> Google-worthy cakes. Yes, turn images on. That's all I'm going to say, and not in front of the kids. Uh, anyway, Golden Tate has scored in back-to-back games, but he's had just two one and one receptions the last three weeks. He's on the bench. Darius Slayton has fallen under 56 receiving yards in six of the past seven games, scoring just once since his big opening day game. Slayton overwhelmingly runs from the left side of the field where he matches up with Kendall Fuller. And let me tell you a little bit about Kendall Fuller, who should be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Get this. He's allowing per game averages of one catch 14 yards and zero touchdowns on the season. Wow. That's Kendall Fuller's coverage right there and why Darius Slayton's on the bench. So if you Google Dolphins cornerback cake wife, <laughs> you get Brenton Grimes. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And his 30th birthday cake. Yeah. Oh, my God. God. Wow. <laughs> you know what? She's not going to be on the Great British Baking Show. I can tell you that much. Well, she might be. <laughs> Let's go to the Washington side. We've got a B grade on Terry McLaurin in two full games. Terry? Terry, but two full games with quarterback Kyle Allen. He's targeted Terry McLaurin a whopping 23 times, which. (laughs) (laughs) No, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Which McLaurin, I don't blame her for being confused. Which McLaurin has parlayed into an average of seven catches for 82 yards with one score. But he'll face shadow coverage from James Bradbury, who's having a very strong year. Just three weeks ago, it took 12 targets for McLaurin to get to 74 yards in the first meeting against Bradbury. Um, Sticking with the passing game, Kyle Allen gets a C grade in his first two games. As I mentioned, two serviceable fantasy games with multiple touchdowns in each. The first of which was against this opponent, New York. And he posted 280 yards, two scores. I already mentioned McLaurin, tough matchup, but startable. So we'll give uh, the C grade to Kyle Allen. Also a C grade to another of his targets, Logan Thomas. You're in a pinch at tight end like everybody else. The Giants are decent against tight ends, allowing just two scores on the season. But one of them went to Logan Thomas in week six. The other tight end touchdown went to Gronk last week. And that was just last week. So maybe we can get Thomas. Get this, Thomas is getting... 60%, six, sorry, 67% of the team's targets 
from inside the 10-yard line. Mm, I wonder where you got that stat. I don't know. We'll go with that. It was from me. Nicely done. (laughs) Uh, Logan Thomas. 67%, you say. Let's go to the running game. Antonio Gibson, C grade. Now, before you remember, they were by last week. Before the bye, Gibson had a monster game of almost 130 yards and one touchdown in a rare lopsided win for Washington. We're going to get a healthy dose of him in this game, too, but the Giants have turned into a pretty good run defense. Over the last three weeks, they haven't allowed a single back to go to uh, more than 52 rushing yards. Gibson might help through the air a little bit. Giants are allowing the fourth most receiving yards per game to the position, but that's really J.D. McSuckett's calling card. So mm. I think Gibson chips in just a little bit of work through the air. I see a game that feels more like 80 total yards for Antonio Gibson and probably no scores. And then, yes, you can start J.D. McSuckett. you got to find your spots. But as I just mentioned, this is a team that's struggling against running backs through the air, allowing nearly six receptions and 50 yards per game, fourth most to opposing running backs. So we'll uh, we'll give him a C grade as well. Um, let's see. I think we had time for one more segment. Yeah, we're going to try to fit it in. You're going to have to be quick about it. Las Vegas taking on the Chargers. Brian, we got about two and a half minutes. All right, I'll give Josh Jacobs a B, even though he's been brutal outside of the opener. And last week, he's kind of bookended his season with two good games uh, with a bunch of bad ones in the middle. But the Raiders' O-line is coming to fruition, probably the healthiest it's been all year. And the Chargers have also allowed the third most catches to running backs on the season and have given up at least 119 combo yards or a touchdown to the last five backs they face. So hopefully, Jacobs can keep it rolling. It seems like the gauntlet part of his schedule is in the past. So stick with Josh Jacobs. Darren Waller gets an A. The Chargers are bottom 10 against tight ends. They've allowed five touchdowns to the position position, most of which have come in the red zone where Waller is top 10 in targets, catches, and target share in the whole league. So an A for Waller. Nelson Aguilar, the only wide receiver I'm starting for the Raiders. He was my take a chance on me. Receiver. Derek Carr, I was close to giving him a C. I love Waller here, kind of like Aguilar, but yeah. I don't see a real ceiling for Carr. This has got to be a, a Josh Jacobs game where they keep Air Bear mm-hmm. off the field. The Air Bear? So really? let's get to the Air Bear. Where is the Air Bear? There he yes. is. He's not in the air. He's on the ground right now. All right. Well, he's a bear. Of course he's not in the air. Well, he's the air stu- bear. How, how, how silly are you? He's literally the air bear. I don't know. so stupid to think the air bear would be in the air where the ball goes. <laughs> what but anyway, wrong with I thought that was like, like the air Coriel, whatever. You blew that one, not me. Herbert gets an A, has tossed at least three touchdowns in four straight games with at least 260 260 passing yards in each of those. Las Vegas ranks dead last in pass coverage, a dead last in pass rush by Pro Football Focus. Keenan Allen, easy A. LaMarcus Joyner is a joke of a corner. Mike Williams gets to B. Las Vegas has surrendered four scores to opposing receivers in their two games prior to the monsoon game last week, so they are not a great secondary. Hunter Henry a B. The Raiders are around league average against tight ends, but Kelsey and Gronk both shredded them. Henry is sort of in that territory still. And lastly, Justin Jackson with the C in Vegas's last four games. No lone back has topped 66 rushing yards. Not a great matchup. And something called Troy Main Pope yeah. keeps stealing touches from Jackson, but he is startable. And Josh Kelly out. has vanished. Out. Not even a factor Off anymore. the base of the earth. When we come back, three tough Josh questions. Josh Kelly eaten by an air bear. Air, eaten by an air bear. Three tough questions for a panel of experts. Play along when Fantasy <laughs> Football Weekly resumes. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly. This is a game we like to call Three Tough Questions. I will pepper my co-hosts with... The aforementioned three tough questions. You can play along. See if you can go three and oh. Tough question number one. Christian McCaffrey was universally selected as the first overall choice in our preseason fantasy drafts. So now that he's healthy, will Christian McCaffrey be the highest scoring runner from this point forward? Brian. So the main competition is obviously Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and King Henry moving forward from McCaffrey and at three. So I'm going to break this down from a reality football perspective and not so much fantasy. Uh, the Panthers are three and five. They're on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoffs. If they can't fight their way into playoff relevancy in the next six weeks, there's no point in running McCaffrey into the ground after paying him a ton of money in a lost season. So the next six games for the Panthers start at Kansas City, Tampa Bay. That's already two losses right there and also bad matchups. And then Detroit, Minnesota, Denver, Maybe they win one, and then at Green Bay, a good fantasy matchup. But after six games, they're under 500. They're out of the playoffs. Mike Davis has proven an able runner. So keep McCaffrey fresh. You paid him a ton of money. He's not going to see the touches to warrant being the top fantasy scorer moving forward from the running back position, so I say no. All right. Matt, will Christian McCaffrey be the highest scoring runner from this point forward? Brian took a lot of my talking points, but I will note, that this is the same injury that made Saquon Barkley look like a mere mortal last year when he came back from this injury. So it's not particularly perfect as far as him being a complete healthy guy the rest of the year. So I think that he probably finishes in the top 10. But like Brian said, we could be looking at some big-time stud running backs getting rested down the stretch this year in what is a lost season, in a season where there's no fans in the stands. There might not be anything for for the owners and the general managers to go, yeah, I want Christian McCaffrey to play in this lost season. So Saquon Barkley missed uh, one, two, three, four games mm-hmm. with his injury. Yep. 
his uh, high ankle sprain. Carolina rested Christian McCaffrey seven weeks, which is the that's very is, good, which is the perfect thing to do because mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to bring somebody back on this injury. They're not effective. That you have to be back to basically one hundred percent, which is where we believe Christian McCaffrey is practiced all week. Yep, he had the ten game layoff from the last one. We all we all feel like he's in very good shape, totally fresh legs right now because he's basically you know hasn't sure. been used this year. What holds him in the way from being the highest scoring running back is the schedule. He's got a bye week left that the others don't have. He's got a tough schedule, including next week against the league's best run defense, Tampa. And then uh, shortly after that, a suddenly competent Vikings run defense and a good Denver run defense after that. So the schedule doesn't work in his favor as well as it does for Cook and Kamara and Henry. So he's unlikely to be the highest scoring running back from this point forward. Tough question number two. Is Travis Kelsey the most valuable player in fantasy football, Matt. Um, to be the MVP in fantasy, you have to have the biggest delta between you and the next player down in your position group. And according to fantasy football today, the biggest gap between the first and second place player at any position is that between the top wide receiver in football, Richie James and <laughs> Devontae Adams. What? Yeah, Richie James and his Thursday night blow-up. On a per-game basis? On a, is his only game he's played this year. Ah, on a per-game basis, he's I the see. best wide receiver in football. Okay. But second most is Travis Kelsey, who leads the league, uh, or leads the now out for the season George Kittle by two points per game in PPR leagues, and he's out. So if you go down one more, he leads Darren Waller by four points per game. So I think Travis Kelsey... In a position that we thought was so deep, it's now insanely shallow. Travis Kelsey is the most important and valuable player in fantasy right now. Okay. Brian. If I'm like doing a draft starting right now, which you can still do on guillotineleagues.com, mm-hmm. um, I'm not taking Kelsey first. I'm still taking one of the bigger running backs. Matt made very good points. Sure. But the four points between Kelsey and Waller is not enough for me than the 20-plus that you get from Kamara and Cook and Henry and soon-to-be Christian McCaffrey, who are going to outscore every other running back by at least five points per game on a per-game basis. So I'm still going with the running backs, maybe even Devontae Adams, but uh, Kelsey is not the most valuable player in fantasy football to me, but that's because I'm the tight end whisperer and I can stream any tight end. Oh, you can whisper Oh, can you? Yeah. Uh, If you showed (laughs) me, you showed me all the rosters in your league and said, pick the team that's going to win. The first thing I would do is I'd find Travis Kelsey on those rosters and I would look at Kelsey Mm -hmm. and the team around Kelsey, because if you can tell me there's a qualified team around Kelsey, that's the team I'm picking. As you mentioned, the Delta, it's really all for most valuable player. I did not say highest scoring player. You'll notice I said the most valuable Mm -hmm. player. Every word counts in these very tricky assignments. (laughs) It's like riddles. These are, they are tough questions. (laughs) Um, Every week, Half to two-thirds of your league is bracing for a zero at tight end. Ask anybody who plugged in Robert Tunyon on Thursday night, which many people did. We have thousands of listeners right now who plugged in Robert Tunyon and got one catch for five yards. That's what most of your league is experiencing. Right now, there are exactly four quasi-reliable tight ends. That's it. And the Delta's gigantic. By ESPN scoring, Kelsey scored a third more fantasy points than any other tight end still playing with Kittle out. And in a scoring system in which Kelsey has scored 100 points this year, the next closest tight end has 65. Nobody else is close to that ratio except Devontae Adams at the wide receiver position. I can find help there. 
yes, Travis Kelsey is the most valuable player in fantasy Tough football. Tough question number three. Chase Edmonds is expected to start for the Cardinals. Well, he is going to start. Will he finish the year as an RB1, RB2, flex, or bench? Brian. I just want to talk about EPA for a second and not the Environmental Protection Agency. It's expected points added, which is a football metric. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of time to really dive in, but it, it, it weighs the value of a player, what he brings to the, your football team. And you take the EPA when you're on the field and when you're off the field, and then you find the delta, mm-hmm. and you just see how good you are at football. Chase Edmonds is way better than Kenyon Drake at football. <laughs> Kenyon Drake's EPA per play Point negative point negative. zero six. I'm pretty sure you don't want to be negative. No, he's negative. He takes points off point the board. Zero six expected points added per play. Chase Edmonds is plus point zero four. And now when you start piling on the plays, you're piling on the points. The schedule isn't ideal for Edmonds, but I don't see him letting this job go. Drake might factor in a little bit when he's healthy in a few weeks. And for that reason, I'll just say RB2 and not RB1 for Edmonds. But uh, this is Chase Edmonds' backfield moving forward. Quick question on this this EPA thing. Uh, you talked about the the delta for these players, and every player's got this delta. What Would, would Matt Burke have a delta Burke? Mm. Sorry. Wow. I like that. Sorry. About My that. mic wasn't on. I gave you an approving. Mm, oh, thank I like you. That. I appreciate that. Uh, okay, so the answer you gave was? RB2. RB2. Matt, is Chase Edmonds going to finish the year as an RB1, RB2, flex, or bench? He's super talented. He's got one huge problem for a running back. He does not get the ball near the goal line. So far this season, with Drake being almost completely ineffective and injured off and on, Edmonds has only managed exactly one carry from inside the 10-yard line. Kenyon Drake has 13, and Kyler Murray has 7. When your own quarterback is vulturing your touchdowns, you have to score from distance, and that hurts him a ton. And while he's very talented, I think he's only a flex the rest of the way. Don't you think he's going to take Kenyon Drake's goal line rushes? Not if... Cliff Kingsbury just keeps handing Kenyon Drake the rock. Well, I don't think he's going to keep giving Kenyon Drake the rock. If they're going to have Kenyon Drake play. The EPA, Matt. The EPA. How are are they going to put him on the field? If Brian says he's he's bad on on yards per play, well, you're going to keep him out between the 20s. You're going to put him in at the goal line where somehow you think he's good. You thought he was 13 to 1 over Chase Edmonds so far this year. I, man, I, I, I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. 13 to 1, carries inside the 10. Carries inside the 10. I'm yeah. just saying that's past. That's in that's in the past. Oh, sure. When Drake is no longer the starter, which is going to happen beginning this week. And coaches totally not, change their they're mind. They're not going to yep. go back They'll to never Kenyon go Drake back. They should cut him. running style. <laughs> Edmonds has been better than Drake at everything. Uh, I agree. Uh, full two yards per carry better. Uh, better receiver with quadruple the receptions and receiving yards. His pro football focus ranking is 11th for Chase Edmonds, 45 for Drake. Easy game against Miami this week, which will boost Chase Edmonds, his status. Then a favorable game after that against Buffalo's run defense. At that point, he solidifies this thing and he remains the first guy to go to and will be... Now, he's not an elite runner and this is why he's not an RB1. He's not Dalvin Cook. He is not Chase Edmonds is not Alvin Kamara. He's not. You know, he's not King Henry. He is a good back, not a great back. Drake will still factor in some. He's and that's gonna why he's get vulture. He is going to be an RB two. You know, for somebody who got the question right, why are you battling me so much? I said flex. 
You did? So I got it wrong. You got it wrong. Yeah. Brian got it right. I always like Brian better. I know. Woo-hoo. New England takes on the New York Jets, Matt. And for New England, we've already talked about uh, some a handful of players here, including Cam Newton, who was my take a chance on me quarterback. Yeah, we did talk about Cam Newton. Um, I don't like him as much as you do. I will note that I'll give him a C grade here still. It's the Jets. Yeah. He's got no wide receivers. Correct. He's tied for the fewest pass attempts inside the 10-yard line among quarterbacks who have started at least six games with only six attempts. Oh, yeah. He's That's bad. That's gross. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think that the, the Jets are the team that you're going to run against. That's why Damian Harris is the only Patriots starter on my, uh, on my matchup here, and I'm giving him a B grade. He's averaging 5.7 yards per carry, double-digit mm-hmm. rushing attempts in three of the four games he's played this year, top 100 yards in two of those, and scored last week. The Jets are allowing 98 yards per game. I think this is a slow, plotting, low-scoring game, and they just give Damian Harris the ball over and over again. I like Harris a lot this week as well. Although, let's note, Sony Walkman back and active for this team. But <laughs> no I, way. They can't, no give him way. The, they can't give him the ball. Damian Harris has been know, the only good thing the Patriots have had all year. I know. On this, well, particularly on offense. Yeah. You would think, but... Bill Belichick is inscrutable with his running backs, and nothing would surprise us. Did you know the starting wide receivers for the Patriots this week will be Jacoby Myers, who's owned in 2.4% of ESPN leagues, and Demir Bird, who's owned in 1.2%, and neither have scored a touchdown this year? Yeah. Let's go to the Jets side. Uh, Sam Darnold had another MRI this week on his throwing shoulder, and he's been limited all week. The Jets have a bye next week, so they could conceivably rest him and play Joe Flacco, or they could play an injured Sam Darnold, and I think they're going to play Darnold because they don't want to win because they still have Adam (laughs) Gase as their coach. It's a bench grade for either. The Patriots have not allowed a passing touchdown in three weeks and are only allowing 206 yards per game in that span. Braxton Berrios has more Sam Darnold targets than Jamison Crowder. And with Weird. Crowder and Brashad Perriman looking both doubtful to play, he's probably the top pass receiver for him mm-hmm. this week. It's also a revenge game for Braxton Berrios, who was drafted by the Patriots. Oh. If you're going to start a Jets wide receiver, it's Berrios over Mims. But we need a grade lower than a C to classify and, Berrios. And there is not one. So. I'm going to give him a J grade. Okay. Yep. Uh, La Michael Perrine and Frank Gore are the running backs here. Perrine had more snaps last week, but they still had the exact same number of touches with only 10. Perrine looks a lot more spry here, yes, though. He does. I'm going to give him a C grade as if the Jets will score a touchdown. It will probably be him. The Pats saw a split backfield last week with the Bills backs. They each had 14 carries, and each of them went over 80 yards. So Perrine could possibly manage like 60 yards in a score here. So that's why he gets. The uh, C grade. And the best play of the game, by the way, Patriots defense, A grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. And by the way, available in many leagues. Yeah. A lot of people have cut the Patriots. Remember at this time last year, the Patriots defense was like the, I don't know, like the 10th highest scoring fantasy yeah. player was the Patriots defense. Yeah. What a difference a year makes. Mm-hmm. It's not quite like that anymore. If you've missed uh, any of the player rankings, you want more information, all of my player ratings are available for free at guillotineleagues.com. Ratings, explanations, help you solve your bench start conundrums at guillotineleagues.com. More Fantasy Football Weekly coming when we return. (laughs) 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Football Weekly, Paul Charchi and Brian Johnson and Matt Harrison. Matt, tell people what's happening at Shock Fantasy. A uh, new Dynasty trade value chart just hit yesterday, and mm. it's it's coming up on trade deadline in yeah, your Dynasty leagues right now. So yeah. you probably need to uh, start looking at how your team is going to go. Are you a, are you a contender? Are you building for next year? The trade value chart will help you. All right, ShockFantasy.com. Carolina takes on Kansas City. Christian McCaffrey's back. Uh, they say they're going to give him a full workload, and he's right back to being the same obvious A that he was back in week one. Kansas City's a far worse run defense than pass defense, and Carolina will run for as long as this game is close. And mostly they do keep their games fairly close. So hopefully that'll be the case here in an A grade for Christian McCaffrey, who doesn't need more explanation than that. Teddy Bridgewater is on the bench. you got to pick your spots with the ultimate game manager, and a difficult matchup against a very good secondary is not one of them. The Chiefs rank 7th in passing yards allowed, 3rd in passing touchdowns allowed. Bridgewater's receivers have very tough individual matchups, uh, and, and that does include last week's hero, Curtis Samuel, who is also on the bench. He is going to frequently face off against Tyron Matthew, and, and he's one of the best tacklers in any secondary across the league, and he's giving up just 30 yards per game in his coverage. So no Curtis Samuel in this one for my taste. Robbie Anderson is up at a B grade. He's drawn at least eight targets and posted at least 74 yards in four of the past five games. He has the team's most favorable matchup against cornerback Charvarius Ward, who is allowing a passer rating of 128 and has given up three touchdowns in his coverage. 
Bad news for DJ Moore. He's got four or fewer catches in five of the last six games, so he's been lightly used anyway. And volume could be an issue again this week, and the Chiefs are seeing the fifth fewest passes, just 32 per game, which is weird that you would think the Chiefs are always ahead, so teams will be passing on them all the time. Mm -hmm. But really, because the Chiefs are so dangerous, teams run the ball as long as they can, and they're not very good against the run. (laughs) Anyway, Moore's got a tough coverage against self-described marijuana enthusiast, Bashad (laughs) Breeland, who is allowing 11 scoreless yards per game in his coverage this year. That's it. Seems like the green stuff's working for him. Apparently it is. Uh, Mike Davis, dead to us now. He probably drops down to the 10, 20% usage level, and that's not enough. And I think other than just holding him as a handcuff, you can drop Mike Davis. All right, let's go to the Kansas City side. Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill get A grades, but... Beware the fate that's befallen several other good passing receiving tandems against Carolina. They're so easy to run upon that quarterbacks get minimized. Opposing quarterbacks are averaging just 239 yards and 1.1 touchdowns Mm. against the Panthers. That's it. Now, all that said, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Le'Veon Bell have not been end zone magnets or even usage magnets. So maybe it's not going to go that way. And I still have a grades on Mahomes and Hill. And just, I'm just throwing it out there as something to be aware of. There've been a lot of good matchups against Carolina in the past that have not panned out for the passers. Travis Kelsey's an obvious a, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on him. And we've already broke him down earlier in this show. Let's talk about the running backs, and it's fascinating. Le'Veon Bell was my take a chance on me running back earlier in the show, but let's talk about Clyde Edwards-Alaire for a minute. Carolina's allowed 10 running back scores in their seven games. They're giving up almost five yards per carry to the position, and they're giving up the most receptions to running backs. The concern here is volume. Clyde Edwards-Alaire averaging just nine touches per game since Le'Veon Bell came to the team. Although the weird part about these last two games with Bell, they've also been blowouts at half and neither back's gotten any work. I think this one stays tighter and we're going to see more running in this game. Both guys have been so lightly used. They have such fresh legs. I think we're going to see enough of Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Le'Veon Bell for them to both be C grades. Uh, Mecole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson are dart throws in most games, but this just doesn't seem like an ideal one here for the reasons I, I mentioned earlier with the de-emphasized passing game and a possible emphasis on the running backs. Let's go to our next matchup, which is Miami taking on Arizona. Brian, you already told us Patrick Laird was your sneaky dolphin take a chance on me runner, which mm. you validated it. I, I'm kind of buying into that vibe. What about the passing game? Tua looked. That, that, that's the end for the Dolphins. That's it. It's right <laughs> it's there. It's layered, and that's it. So, but yeah, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Mike mm-hmm. Gesicki, all guys who would normally get a grade or at least some consideration most weeks. Yeah. Absolutely none this week. Okay. They're With out. Tua Tungo Vialoa. Nicely done. Uh, making his first road start of his career. Only his second start, of course. Didn't have to do much last week. And when he did, he didn't look No, did not look sharp. So I'm not liking him on the road So do you guys against think, Arizona. I'm still rostering Stubeard in a bunch of leagues, because I had him in a bunch of leagues, because you guys know how I feel about mm-hmm. him. I'm still holding him just in case. Well, he doesn't have a beard anymore. I know. And he, he's got short, he's, short, he's shorts. Stu Stubble. Stu, Stu Stubble. Oh, Stubble. 
There's a there's a there's a baseball player named Drew Stubbs. And now Is we have really? Stu Stubbs. I like Stu Stubbs. <laughs> or there consider, was a player named consi- Drew Stubbs. I consider like. consider that enshrined. <laughs> Stu Stubbs. Until he grows that thing back out. All right, sounds good. Uh, some of you might be tempted to play Jordan Howard, but in take on I mentioned this. Don't do it. Arizona very tough on the ground against running backs. They've only allowed three rushing touchdowns to the position and no lone back as top seventy five rushing yards. He needs a miracle goal line plunge, plunge, Jordan Howard, that is. So, Patrick Laird, your only startable dolphin this week. <laughs> Over the Arizona side, Chase Edmonds, who we just talked about in great detail, gets an A in this one. Mm-hmm. Only two opposing running backs have totaled six, at least 16 touches against Miami, which is kind of nuts. That is weird. But both of those backs scored twice and combined to average 115 combo yards. Edmonds will get that volume in this game. He will. And uh, But by the way, where the hell is Eno Benjamin, my boy? He can't, he see- can't even see the field. I don't know if you can see the practice field at this point. Is he still on the team? But I almost prespect him, but I'm very disappointed in you, Eno. Anyway, uh, to the passing game for the Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins gets an A. The Dolphins are allowing the fifth most yards to wide receivers. And shutdown corner Byron Jones is not doing his job. Both both St- Stephon Diggs and DK Metcalf top the century mark against Jones. And uh, Hopkins is certainly on their level, if not above it. Uh, Christian Kirk can give him a B, at least 55 yards, and or a touchdown in five straight games. So he's established a safe floor for himself. And against the Dolphins, secondary receivers like Robert Woods, Kendrick Bourne, David Moore, John Brown, they all scored touchdowns, and three of those four also cleared 80 yards. Kendrick Bourne was the one who did not, so a safe B for Christian Kirk and a very safe A for Kyler Murray. What the Dolphins have done recently against quarterbacks is irrelevant because we're talking about Joe Flacco, Jared Goff, and whatever San Francisco has thrown out there. (laughs) Uh, We're not not talking about actual quarterbacks with those guys. Murray is more than an actual quarterback, has totaled at at least two touchdowns in every game. In fact, he's, he's had more than two total touchdowns in all but two games. Mm. At least three touchdowns in all but two games so far this year, rushing and uh, passing. So, an A for Murray. Easy A. Murray might be the, the best fantasy quarterback the rest of the way. Hey, Charge, before we move on to the Houston-Jacksonville game. Why, yes. I think that this game might have been the one that was going to be in London. Oh, originally scheduled yeah. in London? You, so, hey. I invited friend of the show... Colin McCockney to come. Oh, let me go get him. He's out in the hallway. All right. Thank you. So I hate this guy because I have to translate for him. Oh, yeah. Well, right, yeah, we never know what he's saying. Hello, governor. Oh, ripes. Nab some salty harumphs in Rupert's fingers. Make sure you have some posh leg sleeves on. Shut your sauce box. <laughs> Sluice your gobs with your favorite chuckaroo. It's high time for footy. Um, uh, I'm a little rusty. I think he, he said something about pretzels, hot dogs, and uh, I think I'm pants. Jam- I'm jamming something into something. Pa- pantaloons, maybe. I don't know. Deshaun Watson, he's an A, Governor. Watson is top 300 yards and thrown for multiple scores in four straight. Free of the bleeding last four pass throwers for the nanny goat race. The Jaguars have top 300 as well. Deshaun Watson gets an A. Watson has top 300 <laughs> yards and thrown for multiple scores in four straight. Three oh. of the last four pass throwers to face the Jaguars have topped 300 yards as well. The, the master goat race? The hell's the master goat race, and do I need to be worried? I governor Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller. A like the Battle of Griddington. Last time Cooks faced the Jaguars, he had 161 and yield touchdown. Her Majesty Sugar Bonnet. Fuller has topped a centaur and dashed my wig in six or seven fire sticks. 
Plus the bloody Texans almost traded him last week. So they want to give him some makeup targets. The bleeding Jaguars have allowed six different receivers to top 75 yards. In the last four games, they'd let a dying duck in a thunderstorm on the foot road. Uh, Translation? <laughs> How'd you even get in the country, by the way? <laughs> right. did, did, I thought they deported uh, you. Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller both get an A. Last time Cooks faced the Jaguars, he had 161 yards and a touchdown. Fuller has topped 100 yards or scored in six of seven games this year. I guess those are fire sticks. <laughs> those are fire sticks? Uh, plus, the Texans almost traded Fuller last week, so they want to give him some makeup targets in this one. Or maybe he's playing a revenge game against his own team. And the Jaguars have all... That was my own one there. The Jaguars have also allowed <laughs> Six different receivers who top 75 yards in the last four games. <laughs> Still stuck on the master goat race. David Johnson. I. He'll be the nanty knocking ear. He gets a B because those Jags are a bunch of bacon-faced blunderbusses. <laughs> they allow about five meters every time on the holidays. Even David Johnson gets a B because the matchup is so good. The Jaguars have allowed Five yards per carry over their last four games. Jake Luton is a muff. He's named after the Lou. He got bum fodder too? How's he going to get a couple of clicks in the gob? He's going to be a batty fang. That's what he is. Jake Luton is on the bench, uh, especially because, <laughs> according to Evan Silva, Luton was one of the worst college prospects to come out last year calling him brutally unathletic. He had a spark score in the fourth percentile. (gasps) (laughs) Was that in the translation? No, I was so shocked to see that. You know, I'm really very surprised that Edmund Silva's name translated to something about putting bacon in your mouth. Batty Fang? Batty Fang. DJ Chalk is a hob merchant, but his daddles may be an ease gropus's ear. He's on the slab, too. Everyone knows what this means, but it means Chark is a good dancer, but he's not going to catch much in this one, so he and the rest of the receivers are on the bench. Jimmy Robinson is tight as a boiled owl and ready to go off the chump. He gets a bumble. Unless the Texas boys are rum gaggers, they ain't stopping Jimmy. Houston allows lotties and toddies to go for 151 every day. Now go fry your face and play with the gravy. <laughs> James Robinson gets a B. He's the only chance the Jaguars have to win with Luton at quarterback. The Texans are allowing 151 yards per game to opposing running backs. And then I think that I just let Colin out. What did I miss? I think the last part was him saying goodbye. Something about bacon and the master goat race. That's no way. That's a horse. That's a horse. That's not a captain. That is. I'm gonna go rough up Colin in the parking lot. <laughs> He's not so tough, Colin McCockney. I don't think he'll come back again we, this we year. Thought, we thought we, we thought we were gonna make it through the season without Colin McCockney, but after apparently smuggling himself back in and all the way into our studio, he told us it was a London game. So he's he's gonna game. wake up at you know eight thirty prime meridian Eastern time, time and yes. go for it. Absolutely. Uh, when we come back, premature speculation. This is where we give you three players that you want to pick up this week that other people are going to be trying to pick up next week, but they're already on your roster. That's the beauty of the premature speculation and our final set of matchups coming in the final segment. If you haven't already tried a guillotine league, it is not too late to join one. GuillotineLeagues.com, the freshest new way to play fantasy sports. GuillotineLeagues.com.
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. segment of fantasy football weekly thank you for listening today if you are listening over the air and you've missed any part of the almost two hours of this show we encourage you to go back and check out the podcast for fantasy football weekly so there you can hear can't be anybody listening anymore after colin ruined the show <laughs> maybe not <laughs> it, who, um, but he mentioned bacon who's the guy on twitter that does he does the rundown tweets it out yeah thank you that, let's, I don't let's remember put that the, handle I don't remember out the, there we'll get it at some point is, but we'll get it before the show's yeah, over there's uh there's a twitter follower who's nice enough to tell you where you can find it, which minute mark you can find each and every one of our matchups. And he was a little sad he didn't have more followers as a result. So let's get him those followers so he can uh, share his right. rundown with we'll the world. We'll do what we can. Um, I retweet his stuff. I can't make people follow him. I'm not saying to feel bad about it. This is how he felt. Premature Speculation is a segment that we do every week in which his, we His tell- name is James, by the way. Thank you, James. Uh, Mr. JC77. MRJC77 on Twitter. Go. Mr. JC77. Thank you, James. James, we appreciate that every week. Uh, the premature speculation is three players that you want to pick up this week that everybody else will be trying to pick up next week, and they're going to go, oh, how, how did you know to go get mm-hmm. him? It's because this is our time machine. Ooh. Yes. We begin with Brian, your premature speculation player. I talked about him in the first segment and gave him a C. I'm going to double down on Darnell Mooney, uh, rookie wide receiver for the Bears out of Tulane. Uh 
Mooney has caught two or more passes in each of his first eight games in the NFL. The only Bears rookie wide receiver to do that basically ever. His usage has been ramping up big time. 13 targets over the last two weeks. Last week he played 93% of the snaps against the Saints, a higher percentage than Anthony Miller ever played as a rookie last year. And he just he passes the eye test if you've watched Darnell Mooney play. And Allen Robinson commands double teams bracket coverage on the regular. Mooney's going to have mm-hmm. a, a nice finish to the season uh, only as it wears on. I like that you said Mooney gets two catches like every game. So is like that like a toonie? Mm, like a, two or more. All right. But it's been more lately. Moving on. Uh, Matt, your take, a, so chan- your take a chance of me player is? <laughs> it's also a $2 Canadian coin, right? Uh, Isaiah Ford. Uh, the Patriots just brought in Ford at the trade deadline to fill in for Julian Edelman for the remainder of the season. Now, he might not play this week. But Ford was quietly kind of good for the Dolphins. Had around you know three catches per game for the Finns, including a nine-target game and a ten-target game this year. But what I really wanted to talk about was last season, in Week 17, Ryan Fitzpatrick knocked the Patriots out of a first-round bye. And it was Isaiah Ford who was one of the big reasons why. Nine targets, seven catches, 54 yards, plus Mm. a rush for 11 yards. And you don't think Bill Belichick didn't write that down and went, hey, that's a guy I'm going to steal from a divisional opponent. Yes, like he did Wes Welker. He's been stealing divisional slot receivers for years and years. (laughs) And this is just the latest one, and I think Ford is worth uh, picking up. I'm going to start by reiterating the guy Scott Fish mentioned last show, Alan Lazard. And I know because they played Thursday, he's locked in a lot of leagues, but get him primed up for the waiver wire for next week. Mm -hmm. He's due to come back, and man, do they need a second target in that offense. He was one of my sleeper picks from the preseason, blew up in those first couple of games, then promptly got hurt. But he is scheduled to come back for the next game, so go get Alan Lazard. Then, my guy, that was Scott's last week that I'm reiterating, my guy is Tony Pollard. Another player that I mentioned frequently hmm. in the preseason when I told you I did not trust Ezekiel Elliott this year. We gave you all the reasons why. And now here's Zeke. Four straight games with diminishing yards per carry. He leads the NFL in fumbles, leads the NFL among all running backs in dropped passes, two of which have turned into interceptions. His pass protection is as bad as anybody's in the NFL. It's all come apart for Ezekiel Elliott. Tony Pollard getting an increasing timeshare. I'm not saying Pollard's going to take the job from Zeke. No. But he's getting enough of the action now that he belongs to be on rosters. And just say Zeke's it. got the hamstring injury right now. If at some point they decide if this thing gets worse or they shut down Zeke or whatever, I think you're going to want Tony Pollard. I think this thing's going to get worse. Do you want to just say something? I, I think you should just say... Tony Pollard's going to take better the job. Back. Yeah, no, just, I, just say it now. No, I'm he, not, not going to do that. You but. did say that last week. Did I? You went, Tony Pollard. Oh, oh, yeah, the better right. back. Yeah. Well, I think I whispered it, so it doesn't technically oh, count okay. if you whisper it as much. Tony Pollard, our final premature speculation player. <laughs> We've got a couple of matchups to work in, including Baltimore taking on Indianapolis. Lamar Jackson, man, this Ravens passing game continues to be out of sync, and it's awfully tough to get back on track in a game without your blindside blocker, Ronnie Stanley, and you're going up against a Colts defense that's very good, only allowing... 228 passing yards and 1.4 passing touchdowns. And honestly, those numbers would be even lower if it weren't for a bunch of garbage time stats last week from Matthew Stafford. You know, the fortunate thing about Lamar Jackson is the rushing numbers usually give you a safe floor, but 
you know, if there's one game that I were going to predict where he flops in both departments, rushing and receiving, this might be it for Lamar Jackson. I've got a B grade on him, but it's a cautious B grade at that. Let's go to his receivers. I've got a C grade on Marquise Brown. He is a low-volume touchdown-dependent receiver. The Colts' secondary has allowed a score or 100-yard performance to opposing receivers in six of their past seven games, and if one receiver is going to do it, I think it's Marquise Brown. Brown has reached pay dirt in two of his last three games. But last week's touchdown was his only catch of the game. Again, touchdown-dependent receiver, which you don't get a lot of. Um, he's averaging just 46 yards per game in his last six Brown runs from the right side of the field over half of the time, so he's going to face now rock-solid cornerback Rock Yasin the most. In five games so far that he's played this year, Yasin has allowed a score, one score, and surrendered 47 or fewer yards in four of the five games. By the way, Charge, I will note that I think that the Colts' defense might be just a little bit of smoke and mirrors, by Mm -hmm. the way. Uh, The first five weeks, the quarterbacks they faced, Gardner Minshew, Kirk Cousins, Sam Darnold, Nick Foles, Baker Mayfield. And then the last two quarterbacks have topped 300 yards in Burrow and Stafford. And Minshew tore them up. In week one. He had three touchdowns, but only 173 yards. That's right. Let's talk about Mark Andrews has become really frustrating and a disaster in guillotine leagues because he's been boomer bust. He needs touchdowns to salvage good games, and they're all low-volume games. And they throw to him a ton. It just doesn't seem to connect. Unfortunately, I'd like to give you a better storyline here. The Colts are the only team that is not allowed to score to the tight end position, and here he is touchdown-dependent. But Andrews commands 32% of the Ravens' targets inside the 20, so there's some hope he can score here, but not a lot. Just a C grade on Mark Andrews. And, and honestly, if, if the tight end position were healthier and stronger, I might not even give him a C grade. Um, the running backs are on the bench. Mark Ingram is not expected to play, although hasn't uh, ruled he's officially doubtful, but we don't expect him to go. Dobbins and Edwards are dart throws in a very difficult matchup. The Colts have not allowed a back to top 72 rushing yards all year. They're giving up 3.2 yards per carry. That's all. Only Derrick Henry, get this stat. Only Derrick Henry has topped 88 yards against the Colts in their last 34 games. Mm. I wonder uh, how we call that that's a, trend. a trend. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many times the last couple of years we've said only Derrick Henry. Henry has, yeah, that's right. Derrick Henry. Uh, it reminds me, Derek Astrick Henry. We for years in this show, back in the days of Jamarcus Russell, mm-hmm. we had we nicknamed him Jamarcus Astrick Russell because he broke all of the trends. It would be you know seven of the last eight quarterbacks have topped 250 yards, and the eighth except was. Jamarcus mm-hmm. Russell. Jamarcus, he's a positive Sorry. asterisk. Um, what's more, the cultural are top ten in running back receptions allowed, receiving allowed, and, and receiving touchdowns allowed. So there's there's nowhere to go here for Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. I've got bench grades on them, but I could see in a in a pinch you may have to use them. On the Indianapolis side, I have no starting grades in this game for mm. Philip Rivers, who's been better lately. This isn't a matchup with much hope. This is an inconsistent passing game, and Patrick Mahomes aside. The Ravens are giving up just 226 passing yards and one passing touchdown per game. He will be without T.Y. Hilton in this game. Not that Hilton has made a big difference, but he'll be without T.Y. Hilton. And all of the Colts wide receivers are on the bench. The Ravens allow the fifth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers and have only allowed four wide receiver touchdowns this year. And two of the four were Chiefs. So there's your positive asterisk Asterisk is the Chiefs. Big bounce back game for Rodrigo Blankenship. Yeah, yeah, it could be a big bounce back game for the kicker. Um, let's keep going to guys that you're going to bench. The tight ends. Now, 
if Mo Alley Cox doesn't go, then and he's he'll have, he's shaping up as a game time decision, then I could maybe see Trey Burton as startable here. But if they do go, then those two plus Jack Doyle, they all cannibalize each other. They're splitting snaps, targets, and receptions almost evenly at about a, each of them about thirty percent usage for the Colts. So overall, I think you should just avoid all the tight ends instead of the guessing game as to which one might have a good game. Now let's go to the frustrating Colts running back situation. Frank Reich's running backs are inscrutable. Good luck trying to guess what's going to happen here and likely to frustrate you if you try to go with Jonathan Taylor, Jordan Wilkins, or Naheem Hines. Chasing the hot hand from the previous week almost never works with the Colts. Remember week one when Naheem Hines had the big game, everybody blew a bunch of fab to go get Naheem Hines, and then he probably did nothing for like five weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. Jordan Wilkins was the hot hand last week. They effectively benched Jonathan Taylor in that game. But can anybody here tell me that you think Jonathan, you think Jordan Wilkins is going to come back to have a, a yeah, big he's totally going to have ninety yards again right. for sure. I mean, it, it you just you can't know. Jonathan Taylor has top sixteen carries once in the last five games. You can't even count on him. But if I do think there's a chance that Taylor comes back with a bigger game here in terms of workload. Just to keep the rookie's confidence up. Mm-hmm. I think Frank Reich might be worried that he torpedoed the confidence of his rookie and puts him back on the field as the starter. Here's the problem. Baltimore's fifth in yards allowed, and they're first in rushing touchdowns allowed with just two on the year. Wow. So I don't see anywhere to go, and I've got bench grades on them all. I don't want to play this game. I want off. Okay. Our final matchup. <laughs> we have saved Antonio Brown and this discussion for the very end. New Orleans is at Tampa Bay. Brian, well, let's start on the New Orleans side of this game yep. in a brutal matchup for Alvin Kamara. Yeah, and this is a, a divisional rematch. These teams played in week one in the opener, so we'll reference that game for sure. Starting with Kamara, uh, actually on pace to break Christian McCaffrey's record for receptions by a running back set just last year. Yeah. Like, no one's ever going to break this record. <laughs> 119 catches for McCaffrey last year. Kamara on pace for 125. Wow receptions but of course Michael Thomas making his return we'll talk about him in a minute but in that opening game uh Kamara totaled just 67 combo yards did have five catches but he scored twice once on the ground and once through the air just a a brutal matchup though for backs Tampa Bay ranked third overall against the run by football outsiders but I'm giving Alvin Kamara an A because he's uh, unworldly, basically. Uh, Latavius Murray actually had 15 carries in that first game for 48 yards. Gross. No. Don't do that again, New Orleans. He's definitely on the bench in this one. Now to Michael Thomas, who should make his return. I feel like we've said that a few times. He's expected to play. Yep. Uh, Five targets. Three catches, 17 scoreless yards. That was week one for Michael Thomas against the Bucks. But in his two games against the Bucks last year, uh, eight catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown. And then 11 catches, 182 yards, and two touchdowns. A uh, hell of a history for Thomas against the Bucks outside mm-hmm. of week one of this year. But uh, Tampa's secondary, much improved this season. But they still have allowed the seventh most catches to wide receivers. So if Thomas is looking like a full go, and it looks like he is, you have to start him. I'm just giving him a very cautious C this week. See what we have 
with Michael Thomas. Uh, Manny Sanders also set to make his return, Emmanuel Sanders, but who cares? He's on the bench for me. Uh, Jared Cook, he gets a C. A lot of pieces of the pass game returning for the Saints, who we've already mentioned, which should sap Cook's targets a little mm-hmm. bit. It's not like he was getting that many anyways. No, he was uh, touchdown dependent as well. Yeah, the, tight end isn't these days. Yeah, Cook, like you said, pretty touchdown dependent. The Bucks have only surrendered three scores to tight ends, but who cares? Cook had five catches for 80 yards. He's not touchdown dependent against the Bucks. That's what yeah. he had in week one, so Cook gets a C. But that seems like a C here, but he's definitely startable in the tight end waistline. And then a gift C for Drew Brees at this point. I will give Drew Brees a C in this matchup, despite just 160 passing yards in the week one matchup. He did have two passing touchdowns, but only one quarterback has hit 300 yards against Tampa Bay this year, and their secondary is giving up a modest 1.3 passing touchdowns per game. Mm. So C for Brees, no ceiling here, and not a very safe floor, but. Uh, Again, I can't say it enough. Just the C for Breeze. Uh, over to the Tampa Bay side. Let's start with the running backs, which are also a nightmare. Well, just when you think you have it figured out between Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, the other one has the way bigger game as yeah. Leonard Fournette did last week. A bad matchup for both. The Saints are allowing only 106 combo yards and less than a touchdown per game to opposing running backs. So I'll give them both a C here. Fournette looks to be the guy now. But that just means Ronald Jones is actually the guy now. Bruce Arians <laughs> is a right. diabolical shyster. But anyway, uh, to the passing game. This is where it gets complicated. Mike Evans, Antonio Brown now. Can I give you? Can I just jump in with my Antonio Brown take? Sure. And you can tell me if it's please, different. Please okay. Do. So several several data points on Brown. Bruce Arians says that he's looked great, and he Bruce Arians also says mm, that he could play talk. like like half of the plays. Mm-hmm. But he is a what you call him a diabolical shyster. Yeah, yeah. Do you can't? He's a bald face face liar. You can't trust anything Bruce Arians says. Now, Godwin's shaping up. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Antonio Brown. No, for well, a minute. <laughs> him too probably. Uh, Chris Godwin shaping up his game time decision. If he doesn't go, that frees up seven targets per game. Some some of that could go to Brown. Now. It's hard not to be swayed by Brown's one game last year with Tom Brady when he had eight targets and a touchdown. Mm -hmm. I'm swayed by that. I am also swayed, and maybe it's dumb, by the fact that he was living in his house. And I think that tells me that he's got a little, you know, that Tom Brady's committed to him. Brady brought all of his dudes back to Tampa. Yeah. All right, so Brady B basically got a dream team out there, including Rob Gronkowski, who gets an A. Uh, who only lives two in his catches basement. for 11 yards in week one, but the Saints are a bottom five fantasy defense against tight ends as they allow nearly six catches and 60 yards per game to the position, including six total touchdowns. Gronk is on fire right now with at least four catches, 40 yards, and a score in each of his last three games. Nicely done. Uh, and I'll I give Evans a B. Well, we didn't really get to Evans. Yeah. Let's give him a B. Don't play Godwin. He's going to be on a pitch count. B for Evans. C for Brown. Thanks for listening to Fantasy Football Weekly, everybody. We'll be back next week for more. Good luck in Week 9. We'll talk to you in Week 10. Bye-bye. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. 
Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.